I'm excited to open up this time of going into the message today with something just a little different that we want to get in a rhythm and a habit of doing here at BCC, and that is sharing with you some wins and awesome things that God is doing. As we've been talking over these past few weeks about connecting, growing, and serving, we want to see the fruit of that, and we want to see that those, those things are actually happening, that they're not just concepts, they're not just ideas that we're trying to get people to get on board with and get excited about, we're actually seeing the fruit of people connecting, growing, and serving. So what we're going to do from this point on is we're going to begin to share good things with our church, and we want to do that quarterly. And so we're going to start today with some good things that God has done, and we're going to go all the way back to June of last year because that was when we started our new membership class called The Next Steps. Many of you have been through The Next Steps, and you've experienced that, and maybe that's part of the reason that you're here today. We also, since June, have launched what we call Serve Teams. So that's the way that people get plugged in and they volunteer here at BCC. It's been a great way to help us to be able to organize and onboard people into a process where they can have a lot more clarity and buy-in to what God's called us to do and who we are so they can know what they're being a part of and if God is genuinely indeed calling them to be a part. And so we want to celebrate those things. And then the other thing that we want to celebrate in connecting, growing, and serving is we want to talk about how many people have gotten baptized? How many people have raised their hand and said, yes, I'm, I want to go public with my faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I want to let everyone know I place my faith and trust in Jesus and that I've identified with his death, his burial, and resurrection through this act of baptism and that I have, uh, I have trusted in Christ and I want everyone to know about that. So we want to celebrate those things as a church. So here we go. Um, since June of last year, uh, we have had five people get baptized, and a lot of those uh, five have been kids, and I think that's awesome. So praise God um, for people coming to faith and saying, yeah, I, I, I want to put my faith and trust in Christ. Also, we've had 18 new members join the church, and I think that's a great thing to celebrate as well. That means there's 18 people who said yes uh, I believe God is calling me to be a part of this family. And then with serving, we've seen 111 people join serve teams since June of last year. And I think that's pretty awesome. So as we can look at these things, we're seeing people step up and say yes to greater things. And I believe that's part of embracing our identity of connecting and of growing and of serving. And we can see the fruitfulness of that. So we want to celebrate that with you. And we want to be sure that we are continuing just to see the faithfulness of God move in our church. Amen? Our vision here at BCC, as we've talked about over these past few weeks, has been to connect people in the Quad Cities to a transforming relationship with Jesus. And for us to grow through finding belonging in healthy, authentic, Christ-centered community that is known for how we serve one another and others so that we can impact every generation beyond our lifetime. So in short, we connect, we grow, and we serve. Last week, Pastor Evan revisited our core values and appreciate him stepping in and, and sharing. Um, Pastor Barry was supposed to share and he came under the weather and so Pastor Evan stepped right in, appreciate him uh, serving in that way and just sharing with us and revisiting those core values. As we went through last fall, you may remember, uh, we had different pastors share different parts of the values and you could see what those really answered is what 
are we known for and what do we want to be known for? That's how we discerned those core values because the core values are really that foundational piece that helps us understand who we are. We start with scripture, amen? That, that's, that's where we start. Scripture is our starting point. Relationships are our priority. We see that we're a people who are generous. It's a lifestyle. Generosity is our lifestyle and devotion is our identity. We are devoted to Christ. We are devoted to his word. We're devoted to be people of prayer and then transformation is our pursuit. And so if you were to take those and and look at those, you could understand that those things would be this great foundation that God has given us to be able to continue to move forward. And as God is building his church, we can see how God is constructing his church and we're valuing the things that God values. We are saying yes to the things God says are important. And so today we're going to take it just a step further and clarify a little bit more how we do this and how we accomplish this and what's important for us as a church family to focus on as we end our series today on embracing identity. And it's going to be this simple. Our three pillars at BCC are the weekly large gathering, connection groups, and missions. So what we mean when we say the three pillars is that this is where, as a church family, as BCC, as a part of the body of Christ, these are the three big things that we put our effort and our energy and our resources into. It doesn't mean there aren't things outside of this that we do. It just means these are the big three things that we believe God has called us to put effort, energy, and resources into that's going to help us accomplish this vision of connecting, growing, and serving. And so all these are guided by those founding principles, those founding core values. We want to make sure we're very clear. All of these things should start with scripture. All of these things should be relationally focused as a priority. All these things should be, um, uh, have that element of generosity and devotion and transformation. But as we connect, as we grow, as we serve, we see that these are the three pillars that God has given us to be able to function within the body of Christ because these are the things that we put a lot of effort into, a lot of energy into, and these are three things that if we focus on them, I believe we will begin to see God move in great ways um, more than ever before and see an impact last beyond our generation and our lifetime. I wanna make sure that we're investing in the next generation so that when all of us here are long and gone, that there are people that have come up behind us who have been invested in and that they are seeing the gospel continue to be preached, declared, lived out, and it flourish as hearts and lives are transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's even bigger than how much time God may give me here on this earth. And we want to make sure that that continually perpetuates throughout and echoes throughout eternity as life change happens. And so if you looked at our church like a home, you would see that foundation is those, those, those core values. We start with scripture and, and generosity and relationships and transformation, devotion. All those things would be part of that foundation. And then we see the three pillars being those support beams as God is building his church. The three pillars are really an idea of a simplified focus that we are taking as a church because we can be much more effective when we focus on who we're called to be and what we're called to do. So the large weekly gathering simply means everything that we do when we gather as a large gathering of people here at Bettendorf Christian Church. A lot of people think that the weekly large gathering or a Sunday service 
or whatever day that whatever churches may have service on. I know there was a time and period here where we had Saturday night service. A lot of people think that church is like just a service, and they get this idea and this concept that church is somewhere I go, and we just go to this large gathering, and that's kind of the big you know, thing that we do. And yes, what we do as a church on the weekend is important, and it doesn't just mean what happens here with the adults. It means what happens with students. It means what happens with our children's ministry. All of that is a part of this concept of the weekly large gathering. But can I tell you that the weekly large gathering is just one piece of what we do as a church and what we're called to do, not everything that we're called to do. A lot of people, they paint themselves in a corner and put themselves in a box and try to put God in a box by saying, this is where I do my spiritual stuff. This is where I kind of compartmentalize my spiritual life and my spiritual health and spiritual well-being. And what they mean is that this is where I attend church, you know. So can I tell you that what we do at BCC is, is much broader than just simply Um, having a service where we all get together and sing worship songs and hear a message preach and have a time of fellowship. It's much bigger than that. Now, all of those things are important because look at what we do. We put a lot of effort. We put a lot of energy. We put a a lot of resources, a lot of intentionality, a lot of planning, a lot of coordinating goes into this idea of the weekly large gathering. So does it matter? Yes, absolutely. It matters. And yes, absolutely. It is important. But we can't just think that our spiritual growth and maturity and our definition of what we call church is just limited to that. Amen? It's so much bigger than that, but it's, it's an important part because when we all gather together, we're obeying the biblical commands of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as Hebrews chapter 10 talks about. We're also uh, connecting with one another. Maybe uh, we need to just be reminded that there's other people out there that love Jesus. Because sometimes when you're out in the world and you're not around Christian people, it can be discouraging, right? You may work in an environment where it's very discouraging because maybe there's not a lot of Christians there. Or maybe there's a lot of people who say that they follow Christ, but their life doesn't really reflect that. And it's very frustrating and discouraging to see that level of hypocrisy or those frustrations that you may experience. And it's good for us to gather because we see other people who love Jesus too. We see other people who are trying to grow in Christ too. We see other people who are hearing the same types of messages, receiving the same types of instruction, encouragement, whatever needs to happen that the Holy Spirit wants to do. They're, They're here doing that together. And so it brings us together and it unifies us. Another thing we accomplish on the weekly large gathering is we lift up one voice to honor and glorify God and stir our affections for Christ corporately, collectively. That's a powerful thing to experience for us to do that. But it's not the only time that my affections should be stirred for God, but it is a special time where our affections and our attention are directed and stirred towards God. And I like to look at the weekly large gathering in this light and through this lens. That the weekly large gathering is not like the culmination or the end of all of this work that has gone forward to try to culminate to this big end goal of the weekly large gathering or the weekend church service. I look at the church service, the weekly large gathering, what we do and put all this effort, energy and resource into, I look at it as the starting line, as the launching point. 
that we're actually launching from this point. So you are, as Ephesians 4 and verse 11 says, that the fivefold ministry was given to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edification of the body of Christ, that we are being built up, edified, poured into whatever the Holy Spirit needs to do in us individually and collectively so that we can go, right? So that we can go and be salt, so we can go and be light, in a world that very much needs the hope that we have, the message that we have, the answer that we have, and so that we can live this life that God has given us with better equipping and with relationships that we have that we've formed and we've built. And so the weekly large gathering helps us to connect that and to help helps us to grow and, and foster that type of environment. So it's important and it has its purpose. And it is one of our three things that we focus on here at BCC as one of our three main big pillars that we put energy into. The second one is connection groups. And I know that you hear about connection groups a lot, but I wanna let you know that this is a very vital and important part of connect, grow, and serve. This is a very vital and important part of discipleship because you can't truly grow as a disciple just hearing one message a week, amen? You have to be someone who is being sharpened, who is being held accountable, who is being spurred on to good works, who is able to be with other people to celebrate the good times and to weep and and bear one another's burdens when things aren't going the way that maybe we had hoped or expected. That's what Christ-centered community does. And we believe at BCC that we want to be a church of groups, not just a church that has groups. There's, that's two very different statements. There are a lot of churches, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with those churches, that they have groups as a side, as a part of the ministry that they do. But we believe as the, the, that God has called Bettendorf Christian Church to not just be a church that has groups, but to be truly a church of groups, which means there is community within the body of Christ outside of the weekly large gathering because we prioritize these things. Yes, we gather weekly, but yes, we also connect in smaller groups. We connect relationally with one another and we prioritize that and make that something that's so important to us that we say it's one of our top three things that we do as a church is connect throughout the week and connect relationally with each other because that's where discipleship's gonna happen. That's where mentoring relationships are formed. That's where you're gonna be able to serve one another well because as much as it's great to have pastoral staff and, and, and people who have that pastoral ministry gift to be able to serve the body and wash the feet of those that they serve by having that servant's leadership heart and caring for the body. It's great to have pastors and ministers who do that and we have that here at BCC but It's not just limited to having staff pastors caring for the body because as we see scripturally, the body's also supposed to care for one another. Well, how am I gonna care for other people? How am I gonna know what's going on in their lives? I have to be connected. There have to be relationships there. There has to be trust there. There has to be something there that takes us deeper together. Something that's not just surface. Hey, how you doing? And maybe you know a handful of names. I mean, if we're going to be a church family, we have to care about one another at that level. You may not know everybody, but man, I think it's important that you know some people really well and that you're doing life together with them and you're walking along this journey, growing in Christ together, because this is not a solo sport, right? (laughs) It's something we're supposed to do together. There's not supposed to be any mavericks in Christianity that are out there just doing it on their own and just figuring it out and they don't need anybody else and they're out there all solo. No, no. We're supposed to be doing this together. And so we need one another. 
God created us for community. Community was a priority in the early church. We see this over and over again. And so what we've done at BCC is we've created something that we think is very important to our church, just like what we do in the large gathering and how we put effort and energy into that. We want to put effort, energy, and priority into connecting in groups as well. And so we want to truly be a church of groups that's doing life together and caring for one another. It's bigger than a Bible study. It can be a Bible study. That's great. It can be something that's social in nature, but the relationships is what we're after. So people can connect with each other, sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, begin to trust each other, begin to care for one another, and then begin to serve not only one another, but serve outside of the context of their relationships and outside of the four walls of the safety of being in Christ-centered community to show the world Jesus, amen? And then all of a sudden, This thing we call church becomes much more than just a service that we gather weekly. Love the service, man. I'm I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. I love having church services, but just having more church services isn't going to be the answer to accomplish everything God's called us to. We have to have relationships beyond just this large gathering. And so we have to gather and connect. And so this is why we put that up there and said, yes, weekly large gathering. Yes, connection groups. And then yes, missions. We believe missions is one of those three pillars here at BCC. When we first started this series, I asked the question, what are we known for and what do we want to be known for? Those are the two questions that as we're discovering our identity or perhaps rediscovering our identity and maybe even seeing who God is calling us to be and where he's called us from, we can see that missions has always been a part of Bettendorf Christian Church for a very, very long time. Those of you who have been here for a very long time, you can attest to and testify to the fact that missions has always been a key component of the heartbeat of this church. And I love that. That was one of the things that I thought was wonderful when I was uh, looking for where God was calling me and my family next. And this was something that was very attractional to me as a pastor. Not only do you care about missions, but the things that I really love about what we do here and what we've done historically is we've actually raised up quite a few missionaries and actually sent them. So we have fruit in other countries of what God has done and in in hearts and lives of people. And now they're impacting people for the kingdom of God and sharing the gospel with people all over the world. And they might have grown up in this church or they they might have, have, have come here and God done something in their heart and called them and then they were encouraged and sent by this church and, and supported by this church, not just financially, but a church that believes in them and backs them and, and supports their calling and loves them and still cares about them. That's a very, very special thing. And I've been in pastoral ministry. This is going to be going on 23 years for me. And as I look at my history, my track record in pastoral ministry, I've never been a part of a church that has sent this many missionaries as much as BCC. So I think that's awesome. And and I I love that I get to be a part of that now as the pastor, and I get to see... Who's the next missionaries that God's going to raise up and send out of this church? Who's the next church planter that God's going to raise up and send out of this church, right? I mean, how wonderful is that? And I love that. And so that's a part of the heartbeat. So that's one of our pillars. It's not just about just supporting different organizations and ministries, although we do that, and that's great, and we'll continue to do that. I love this element of missions being a part of what we do here at BCC, and we see the priority of it, and we put effort, energy, and resource into it. Now... As we look at these three pillars and as we look at the weekly large gathering, as we look at connection groups, as we look at missions, 
We can all see that there are good things that God has already done and is using all three of those things to accomplish the mission and vision of connecting and growing and serving. We can see that, right? We can see how God's using the weekly large gathering. We can see how God is using connection groups. We can see how God is using missions. But here's something else we can see. We can see there's room for growth. Amen? Amen. We can see there's room for engagement and there's room for growth. And that's when the body of Christ begins to focus in. That's what I'm calling you to do today. And that's what this series has really been about. Is it's been culminating to this point. It's, it's, it's kind of been planting all these seeds to get to this point, to get to this idea here where we focus intentionally on the things that God has called us to do. Now, I want you to understand, God has called our church strategically to be placed in Bettendorf on this corner of earth where he wants us. I believe that is the, the, the sovereignty of God wants us right here for a reason. That that is his will for us to be in this community, in this area. So that means there's going to be unique things that God's called us to do here, right? It, it doesn't mean that the church down the street is bad for not doing those things. And it doesn't mean we're better for doing those things. It just means we have got a an area, a region, a place that God has called us to begin to reach, to serve, and yes, beyond that, yes, all over the world, and we're doing that, but also right here in Bettendorf, right here in the Quad Cities, right here in the neighboring towns in Iowa and Illinois, right? That we're called to reach people, and we are reaching people, and we're going to help them connect. We're going to help them grow, and we're going to help them serve. And there's going to be things that we do that are going to be unique to BCC. Those unique things don't make us better, and they don't make other churches worse. It just means this is who we're called to be, which is why I have always been a believer that God has called people to be a part of the body. And he placed us, as scripture says, where he saw fit in the body. And he's gifted each one of us uniquely. And all of us are here for a reason. And we all have something to offer and bring to the table. And it's all a part of what God's called us to do. So it's kind of like whoever God has called to be a part of this church body, that's a reflection of what God has called us to do because what are the gifts he's given you? What are the things the Holy Spirit's given you? What are the things he's put on your heart to do? We want to make sure that we're doing those things and we're being intentional about those things. And here's the thing it should set us free from. Oh, it should set us free. When another church in our community or in our area is doing well, we praise God with them. We're not competing with them. Amen? We're not competing with them. We praise God that God is, 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 is working and moving in that congregation. And we're going to stay focused on what he's called us to do. Because maybe they have a gift. Maybe they have a unique, a, a unique opportunity. But here's what a lot of times pastors and stuff do, you know. Um, they, they see another church doing well and they go, well, what are they doing? We need to do that too. And we'll copy and paste different programs and ideas. And we flip-flop and we'll change our, 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 our vision, our ideals, our mission. And we're just changing with everything that's popular. Everything that we think is going to be that next shot in the arm that's going to help our church grow. Or that's going to help our church do something we weren't doing before. And it's like we have this ministry schizophrenia. And we're all over the place trying to do everything and there's no fruit. And there's a bunch of confusion and there's a bunch of frustration because people thought, well, I thought we were about this. Well, now I guess we're about this. Oh, I guess, I guess now it's this. I, 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 what are we about? Who are we? What, what are we doing? 
And this happens so often because we can get our eyes off of who God's made us to be, how he's gifted us, and what he's called us to do. I want to encourage us, Bettendorf Christian Church, we need to stay in the lane that God has called us to do, celebrate with our brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing things good for the kingdom of God elsewhere and in different ways, but say, God, what are you calling us to do? Let's do that really, really well and do it with our whole heart and with all of our effort, with all of our energy and all of our strength and unify around that and believe in it and move forward together. That's what we need to be focused on, and that's how we need to do this thing, and that's how we need to champion the vision of the church is moving forward. That's why one of the things that I wanted to do in even crafting messages about vision and moving forward as a church, I wanted to see where have we been? What have we done? This idea of Connect, Grow, Serve is not new to BCC. This is not something Derek dreamed up. It's something that I believe in. It's something that I see and something that resonates in my heart. But it's not something new. And I know that things change. And and I know that that can be difficult at times. But can I tell you this? My priority as your pastor will always be church health above everything else. I want us to be a healthy congregation filled with healthy disciples, filled with people who are healthy spiritually, healthy relationally, people who are healthy as a collective body in unity Healthy all the way around because here's what I believe and here's what I know and here's what I've seen God do in the past. Healthy things grow. So my goal as a pastor is not to fill these empty seats. That's, God will take care of that. God will take care of that when the body becomes healthy. And so my priority is for us to get healthy, stay healthy, continue to grow healthy. Because as we grow healthy, watch how healthy fruit begins to produce. The goal is to be a healthy church family because healthy Churches produce healthy fruit. I can't even be the type of person who looks at what all I did uh, and led in, and what God moved through and used in Wisconsin where I was pastor for almost 10 years and just copy and paste that. I can't do that because it's not, BCC is unique. Just like that church in Wisconsin was unique. And yeah, there may be certain ideas and certain principles and things we can borrow and, and, and we can use that are universal and things that may help us to get organized and move forward. But overall, that church is doing what it's supposed to do there, just like there are churches in our area that are doing what they're supposed to do here. So what is BCC supposed to do? BCC is supposed to connect. BCC is supposed to grow. BCC is supposed to serve. And we're gonna do that through focusing on these three pillars, this idea of putting effort and energy into our weekly large gatherings, putting effort and energy and focus into our connection groups and making sure we are actually doing that, that it's not just something cute that we say or something that we have, but it's actually true. That when people leave this parking lot and they see love God and love others, that they go, oh, that's not just a sign. I felt that today. I felt that when I pulled out of this parking lot and I read that sign. It's something that's tangible, something that actually connects with me, not just something that's a nice saying or a nice sign that that, 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 you know, may give me a warm fuzzy. No, it's like, no, that's real. That's genuine. That is who this church is. This is a church that does prioritize the things of God. This is a church that, yes, they say they start with scripture. They start with scripture. They say they're generous. They are generous. They say missions matter. I see and feel missions matter. They say they want to be a church of groups and that they believe that's what God's called them to do. That's real. They say that it's important to minister to the next generation and make sure that the gospel goes forth. I see that in the way they prioritize investing in youth and children. I see that because they understand what's important beyond their lifetime. That the gospel is bigger than you and me and what I like and don't like. 
And can I tell you, church, that when we focus on that, God does special things, man. God does some special things. And I know some of you are getting really nervous because I've been preaching for a while and I haven't opened the Bible. I'm going to make this declaration to you. I will never stand in this pulpit and preach a sermon and not open the scripture. So let's go to John chapter 15. Some of you were like, this is great and all, but you're going to read the Bible or? John chapter 15. As this is Jesus speaking here, and he's talking about how we are in Christ and what this is supposed to look like and how we're connected. Let's read this, John 15, verse one. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So we see here that God's value system is in fruitfulness, amen? Because fruit brings him glory. The change, the difference, the the results, that brings God glory, and he's in the fruit-bearing business. Number uh, Verse three, already you are clean because um, of the word that I've spoken to you. He says this, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into a fire and burned. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the Father, ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. See, Jesus is making a pretty big deal about abiding in the Father and what should happen as we abide in the Father. We should produce fruit. That comes with abiding in him and now we're abiding in the Father because we're abiding in Christ and because that life is flowing through that vine and that branch, then that fruit is produced as a result of that. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. He said, if it's in you, he said, it's gonna be something that I have put in you if indeed you are in me and there's gonna be proof of that. There's gonna be fruit. There's gonna be evidence of that. And he's telling us to abide. I love what my pastor friend up in Wisconsin, uh, Pastor Stephen Maris says. He says that marriage done correctly and and, and the most healthy marriages are two people 
who are both passionately pursuing God with all their hearts. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Marriage done correctly and done best and is most healthy when two people are each passionately pursuing God with all their hearts. Why? Why? Because they're abiding in the Father. And guess what's happened when they're abiding? All of a sudden, there's fruit in their lives. So when conflict comes up, how are they going to handle it? They're going to handle it differently because they've been abiding in the Father. They're going to handle it in a way that's going to bring honor and glory to God because God has changed their hearts. You see, we try to do this whole thing backwards. We want to do it all in steps and programs, and we want to do it all, you know, just tell me the formula. And a lot of times it's not a formula issue or a lack of information issue. A lot of times it's a heart issue. Most marriage issues come down to pride and selfishness. Plain and simple. Somebody's being too prideful, someone's being too selfish. Someone's not thinking about the other person and serving like they should. Someone is not working through things and listening like they should or being as patient as they should. Why? Because they're prideful and they think it's all about them. And so we try to program our way out of that. We try to fix that from the outside. But it's a heart issue. Guess what? Steps and programs can't fix hearts, but I know someone who can. I know someone who can. Let me introduce you to him. His name is Jesus. And he, he has changed me, and he's continually changing me. That's why one of our core values is transformation, is our pursuit, because as I'm abiding in him, I'm being transformed by him. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding me into all truth. So I am able to lay aside these weights and these burdens of sin that I used to carry around. And they easily beset me. They tripped me up. They messed me up. And now I'm running with a focus the race that God has called me to run. Because I now see that the goal, the prize is the glory of God. And I want to live my life for the glory of God because he has my heart and my affections and my attention are set on him. So I'm going to treat my spouse differently than I did before. Because my heart is on Christ. And as I'm abiding in him, as I'm pursuing him passionately with all my heart, he's changing me. Guess what? A church that is full of people who are passionately pursuing God will be healthy. Church done best. Church community, Christ-centered community done best is when a group of people called the church, the body of Christ, Bettendorf Christian Church, decides I'm going to take Jesus seriously and abide in him. And then you're going to see you bear fruit. Because guess what? Where there's more than one person around, there will be conflict. It's just the way it works. Put one large pizza in the middle of the room and lock the doors and give it two, three hours. There will be conflict. Because there will be people who will say, well, I think we should have this much of the pizza. I think we should divide it up this way. Well, I'm hungry and I haven't eaten. I have an issue. I have a condition. I have to have a certain number of calories. There would be all this uproar. Because you put people in a room, they're going to get upset about something. It's not whether or not we get upset about things. That's part of our humanity and our fallen nature. It's what do we do next? That's the separator. That's the difference maker. You see, the world has a way of resolving conflict. And when they resolve conflict their way, no one bats an eye. No one cares because people call that normal. Well, I'm looking out at our congregation today, and I see a bunch of people that aren't normal. Because if normal is resolving conflict the way the world does, I don't want to be normal. I want a new normal, amen? I'm not a normal pastor, whatever that even means. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I'll take it, Jerry, I'll take it. But you know, I, 
when we come to a place where there's disagreements, when we come to a place where there's offense, or when we come to a place where things don't happen like I expected, or I'm disappointed, or I'm frustrated, we handle those things differently. Why? Because we're abiding in Christ. And just as we've read these past few weeks in Ephesians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul says that if you are loving each other, caring for one another as the body of Christ, you're actually going to be eager to pursue unity and keep that bond of peace. That's going to be a priority for the body of Christ. That's what healthy Christians do, and that's what a healthy church does. It doesn't mean we don't have conflict or we don't have disagreements. It's what do we do next? How long do I let that sit? How long do I stuff that? How long do I allow that ruminate to where it becomes bitterness and hardness in my heart? No, I let that go, and I'm able to walk in love by confronting and reconciling and forgiving. You see, that's the difference in a Christ follower. Then all of a sudden, the world, who's used to doing their normal thing, looks at the church and sees how we navigate and manage conflict, and they go, oh, that's very different than what I've seen. And now there's curiosity there. Why? Because they will know you are Christians because of your love that you have for one another. I think Jesus said that, didn't he? We've read that quite a few times. Jesus said that. And so as we love each other here, even this idea of abiding in the vine and, 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 and there being a branch that bears much fruit, Jesus said that these things I command you so that you'll love one another. This is important because he's saying this is one of the markers of a Christ follower. So yeah, church growth is great. I love seeing more people come and, and, and attending the weekly large gathering. I love seeing more connection groups pop up and, and more groups available. I love seeing bigger things happen in missions. I love all that. But all these things that God is calling us to, to, to focus on have to be rooted and grounded in our love for God and our love for one another. Because that's what's gonna keep us unified. That's what's gonna help us to protect that unity. We can't keep just trying a bunch of fertilizers and all sorts of methods to try to get healthy. We must get back to the basics. We must discover the beauty of simplicity because problems are always bigger when everyone's tired. Don't you know that's true? A healthy church is going to prioritize connecting, growing, and serving. And we connect, grow, and serve best through the weekly large gathering, connection groups, and missions. These aren't the only ways that we live those things out. But they are the three things that we put a lot of effort, energy, and focus into here at BCC, which is why we're calling them the three pillars. I want us to understand that it's not just about getting busy as a church because it's actually about simplifying things. A lot of churches think the busier we are, the healthier we are. Well, can I tell you that's not true in my life. <laughs> Sometimes when I get really busy, I'm not really healthy, but we think we're effective and we think we're doing good because we're doing a lot. Can I tell you just because you're doing a lot doesn't mean you're doing good? And can I tell you, sometimes even the good that's coming out of you doing a lot could only be mediocre. What if you did a few things great instead of a lot of things halfway? Or maybe even some of those things struggling and, and hurting. You see, when we have a bunch of just different good things going on, we have an identity crisis because we try to accommodate everything. And ministry schizophrenia is not an environment that's conducive to spiritual transformation. We have to know who we are. We have to know what we're about. And things can grow out of that. But man, let's get back to the basics. Weekly large gathering, connection groups, mission. This is what we want to focus on as a church to connect, to grow, and to serve. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 12 as I'm wrapping up this morning. Hebrews 
chapter 10. I, I mentioned this text earlier, but I want to read it. Verse 23, Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope, uh, of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here he says, let's, let's not stop connecting. Let's not stop getting together. Actually, let's stir one another up. Let's prioritize that. As the days grow darker and as we see sin becoming more and more aggressive and more, more bold, man, we need to make sure that we're prioritizing connecting with each other. We need to make sure that we're prioritizing, encouraging the body of Christ, that we're, we're gathering together because the enemy would love to try to isolate us and pick us off, get us discouraged, get us, get us in places where, where we're, we're hiding our, our sin issues instead of seeking out somebody who can walk with me on a pathway to freedom because I, I think I got this by myself and the enemy just begins to use that as a stronghold in our lives. But God's given you the body to help you walk through things in life to help you avoid temptations, to help you to be a stronger man or woman of God. That's what we're to do is to sharpen each other, hold each other accountable, spur one another on, encourage one another to get involved, to get plugged in, get connected. That's the type of church that I see BCC being because that's the type of church that I see in the Bible. And that's the type of church that I believe we wanna be as a biblical church community, amen? So embracing identity starts by engaging together. We want so much more than just to be a church that people simply attend. We wanna be contributors, not consumers. We wanna be healthy and effective. And so in order to do that, we must focus together so we can understand how we need to move forward together. We need to learn the things that we need to let go of and the things we need to embrace. The things that we need to make an effort to grow in, the things that we need to begin to step out and to trust and rebuild again. We need to grow in health and if we want to do that we want to we want to make sure that we're fruitful and fruitfulness doesn't happen on accident it happens when we focus with intentionality it happens with a great dependence upon the holy spirit it happens when we pray and we're a church that prays it happens when the church forgives and seeks reconciliation and embraces the idea of the gospel through the way we treat each other it happens when a church is eager to maintain unity and refuses to tolerate anything that will disrupt that unity. It happens when the church engages and goes all in together, when a church prioritizes abiding in Jesus and he causes a transformation in our hearts. What I wanna ask you this morning, BCC, as we've gone through this series on embracing, transfer, embracing identity, and we've talked about who we are, what we're known for, what we wanna be known for, are we ready to focus and are we ready to embrace who God's called us to be and move forward together as a church family, as a church body? Are we ready to do that? Are we ready to in abide in Christ and focus on abiding in Christ and loving each other? Oh man, and not just in theory and not just when it sounds good, but every day, connecting and caring, serving one another, serving those outside the four walls of this church serving people all over the world, but also being mindful of the unique environment that God has logistically placed us in and reaching those people. That's who I see us being and continuing to grow in. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to move forward? I'm ready to move forward. We're all in this together. 
but we can't do this on our own because none of us are that great. Not me, not you, none of us. We need the Holy Spirit, amen? He's our comforter. He's our guide. He's our helper, as Scripture says. He gives us gifts. He leads us and guides us. So let's ask for his help today as we depend on him. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that as your spirit dwells within each one of us that who know you as our Savior, as our Lord, who have confessed you with our mouth and believed in our heart, Lord, help, to rally, help us to rally together. I believe, Lord, that this is a defining series that our church has just gone through. I believe that you are moving Bettendorf Christian Church forward for your purposes, for your glory. And I pray you help us to be strengthened in the power of your might and ever more growing in our dependence upon you and not ourselves. We want to see the fruit, Lord, from a life that is submitted to Christ in our church body, in our church family, by the way we live, by the way we serve, and by the way we love you and others, by the way we grow and mature as a body, by the way we make an impact, not only here and now, but how we make an impact to invest in the next generation beyond our lifetime. We can't do this on our own, Lord. We acknowledge that. And so we declare corporately here together that we need you. We need you. And we want, Lord, what you want for Bettendorf Christian Church and for our lives and for our families and for this church body. Lead us and guide us, Lord, into the future. In Jesus' name, amen.